It's time. We are not called to be nice. Sandy Rios, welcome Sandy, thanks for being here. We are often called to be confrontational. And here with me in DC is Fox News contributor Sandy Rios. You and you still like me or you, or you don't like me, James? Are you okay? You all right? <laughs> I'm a musician, I can't help it. Uh, longtime Fox News contributor Sandy Rios, thanks very much for being with us. We have, I think it's four to one youth in America wants gay marriage. Our kids are the product of public schools. No wonder they poll the way they do. It's time to stand up or we're going to lose everything we have. Director of Governmental Affairs for the American Family Association. Step up, speak up, say something, do something. This isn't a game. This is real life. Cindy Rios is with the American Family Association. A pro-life radio talk show host. Some things are worth fighting for. Good morning, America. I'm Jay Christian Adams in for Sandy Rios today. How are you doing this morning? It's great to be here as your guest host. I've been here before. Some of you probably remember that. I am president of the Public Interest Legal Foundation, which is the nation's only law firm, public interest law firm dedicated exclusively to election integrity. And you guys know what that is now. Was in the voting section of the U.S. Department of Justice, and President Trump appointed me to the U.S. Commission on Civil Rights, which I will actually be on until 2025. I may be the last Trump appointee in the federal government. You can follow me at Election Law CTR. That's Election Law CTR. And it is such a treat. Thank you, Sandy. I really appreciate subbing for you. And we have lots to talk about this morning. We are still in the aftermath of the Virginia tidal wave, the red wave that rocked Virginia and frankly rocked everywhere. Uh, You saw all over the country a red wave, but in particularly in Virginia with Glenn Youngkin's victory. But it wasn't just Glenn Youngkin. Don't forget, Lieutenant Governor-elect Winsome Sears, if you heard the news at the top, you heard her quotes talking about being the first black woman elected statewide in the Commonwealth of Virginia and telling people to stop paying attention to party, stop being a slave to the Democrat agenda that they've done nothing for you, and maybe it's time to reassess. Winsome Sears, the lieutenant governor-elect of Virginia, taking on the establishment. But you know what's interesting? I I, I went to Google today, just a few moments ago, and I Googled Winsome Sears, and Google and Wikipedia, when you Google her name, what comes up? It says, oh, she's just a former member of the Virginia House of Delegates doesn't present that she's the lieutenant governor-elect. They're treating her with disrespect. If you go to Twitter, those of you who are still on Twitter, you know what the blue check mark means, right? It means you're real, you're authentic, you're important, the blue check mark. But by golly, Winsome Sears, the lieutenant governor-elect of the Commonwealth of Virginia, who won a successful statewide campaign, she still doesn't have a blue check mark. And the people who have blue check marks, like little progressive drone bloggers, whose names I won't mention, oh, they have blue check marks aplenty. And this is important. This isn't just sort of nitpicking, because it means you're authentic. You're to be listened to, Twitter says. But not Winsome Sears. By golly, she's a black woman Republican. So we can't treat her at Twitter with the same respect we do if she was a progressive. I bet Stacey Abrams has a blue check mark, and she hasn't even won anything. I'm Jay Christian Adams, in for Sandy Rios. I want to hear from you today. The number is 1-888-589-8840. Again, 
8840. So we're going to talk about Virginia, but later this hour, we'll also be talking about the vaccine mandate and Dan Bongino, our good friend, Dan Bongino, who took over for Rush Limbaugh middays and what the vaccine mandate has meant for him and his industry and what it means for you. Because just because it's happening to a famous radio host doesn't mean it doesn't have implications for you. We'll be talking about that later this hour, but let's, let's get back to Virginia. So Winsome Sears, Glenn Youngkin, and the entire Virginia House flips, and the state goes red for the first time since 2009. It's a long time ago. And so why did this happen? A lot of you have been paying attention to this throughout the course of the election, even if you don't live in Virginia. Because what was happening in Virginia was representative of what was happening where you were. What was happening in Virginia was schools, with the culture, with race, was what was happening in your backyard, probably, unless you live like near Fairbanks, Alaska. Beautiful state far away, maybe immune from some of this stuff, but not not most of the country. What was happening in Virginia, for example, in Loudoun County, Virginia, they started to allow boys to dress as girls and use the girls' locker rooms and restrooms. Can you believe that? I, I was having a conversation with somebody, and I said, can you imagine if that had happened when we were in school? Right? That... <laughs> the boys were allowed to dress as girls and go into the girls' locker room. It, you just can't make this stuff up. But this is what was happening in Loudoun, Virginia, and frankly, at schools all across the country. So what happens next? A boy dressed as a girl in a girls' locker room assaults a girl. Shocker. No one could see this coming, could they? Well, that's what happened. But Loudoun County's reaction, the school board at Loudoun County, the principal, the officials... Let's just move the boy to a different school. Let him dress up as a girl there, too. Wear that dress. Go into the girls' locker room. Parents started to notice this in Virginia. Critical race theory. Topic two. We're now being told that George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, and the founders, the people who brought more liberty to the face of the earth than any other group of people in human history are bad. They're bad. And we shouldn't learn about them. We should purge them from our schools. We should talk about how bad they were. Not how good they were, but how bad they were. Let's turn up, down, inside, out. It's diabolical. And parents started to notice. Finally. They got sick of being told that your skin color determined whether you were good or evil. Because there are people out there, and you can Google this, that say white people are evil. Evil, they use the word. Because you know that word has meaning. So here we are, just 60 years removed from the civil rights movement. The movement that brought us content of character being more important than color of skin, and now it's back to color of skin. Thanks to the elites and the teachers' unions and the race hustlers and the progressives and the Marxists and the communists. Oh, yes, they are out there. 
I'm not saying anybody in particular is a communist, but do not doubt they are out there. Get that right-wing watch. Get your story ready. Adam says communists exist in America. I know how you play. Always want to give you content for right-wing watch when I host for Sandy. So parents started to notice how their schools were being undermined, how their culture was being undermined, how their children were being assaulted by freaks. And that's what drove the election in Virginia. It was a cultural response. And that's what President Trump understood, is the power of culture, the power of emotional attachment to culture. We believe in America. We believe in the founders. We believe boys are boys and girls are girls. We believe in these basic principles that have guided American life for 200 years that were under assault by the elites in Virginia. Oh, and the Democrats in the legislature who did everything they could to undermine the rule of law, elections, and basic values with the progressive agenda. And look what happened. This is what happens, Democrats, when you push us up against the wall. Actually, this is one of the more mild responses. This is using the election system to undo your wicked deeds. But not everybody gets it. And I want to talk about that because this is the important lesson about the election that we have to carry going forward. Did the Democrats get wiped out in Virginia over money or culture? Did they lose because of dollars or culture? Now, there's a whole group emerging out there that wants you to think it's dollars. There's a whole group, both Republican and Democrat, who wants you to think that Glenn Youngkin and what happened in Virginia and around the country were because of pocketbook issues. Now, that might have played a role, but it was a small one. And leading the charge on this are the Democrats themselves. The Democrats themselves are saying that Glenn Youngkin won and Terry McAuliffe lost because Congress has not passed the spending bills that President Biden has asked for. Really? The spending bills? The Congress has not acted on President Biden's infrastructure agenda, and therefore Terry McAuliffe lost. Baloney. Don't buy it. Don't believe it. This is the Chamber of Commerce crowd in both parties trying to tell you that what happened on Tuesday was because of money, 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 money. And maybe gas prices. But I guarantee you that's not what happened. What happened was a cultural reaction to what is happening in our country, in our schools, in our state, and frankly, probably in lots of places we can't even name. It was a reaction across rural Virginia that saw numbers in the stratosphere for Glenn Youngkin, 80-85% in counties. It's unheard of. That's like everybody except the person who runs the coffee shop in small-town America. Even Blacksburg, which is Virginia Tech, 
went for Youngkin. There's even Republicans trying to tell you this, and there's some history here, because the Virginia Republican Party for a very long time was sort of the party of the Chamber of Commerce and the cautious party. And the last nominee, Ed Gillespie, that was sort of his campaign. Jobs, growth, jobs, growth, jobs, growth. And of course, it was a disaster because, you know, that appeals to the country club crowd. But it was a pre-Trump kind of campaign. Trump realized and Trump won because he realized the power of culture and the power of your values in your life. That's what happened on Tuesday. But folks, I want to tell you the job isn't done. Do not be lulled into complacency after Tuesday and think that the job is won. It's a 2016 moment. All Glenn Youngkin did by winning is give us a second chance. The fight has to continue. Now, we'll talk more about this in the next segment, but what was going on in Virginia regarding elections is outrageous. And one of the first things Glenn Youngkin has to do and the first things Republicans need to do in Virginia and elsewhere is not make the same mistakes that happened during the Trump administration regarding the swamp. And I can give you two names that need to go. These are employees of the government in Virginia who were complacent and complicit in allowing the law to be suspended over elections. Stuff we'll talk about in the next segment. Let me introduce you to Chris Piper. He's the statewide director of elections in Virginia who is responsible for breaking the law during the elections in the 2020 presidential race. Needs to go, Mr. Yunkin. See, the governor gets to appoint the State Board of Elections. Oh, and there's more on the list. We'll get to in a moment. I'm Jay Christian Adams. I'm in today for Sandy Rios, and I want to hear from you. You can call at 1-888-589-8840. Again, Jay Christian Adams, 589-8840 is the toll-free number. What's on your mind? What do you think happened in Virginia if I got it wrong? Was it pocketbook issues? Was it failure to pass a spending bill in Washington, D.C. that defeated Terry McAuliffe? I don't think so. What do you have to say? We'll be back right after this on American Family Radio in for Sandy Rios today. The church is growing big time in Latin America, and here's why. Hey, it's Michael Woolworth with Bible League International. If you follow groups like Barna who measure church growth in America, they'll tell you it's somewhat stunted. In fact, it may have even dipped here in America. But it prompts you to look at where is it growing around the world. It's in places like Latin America because people are willing to suffer for the gospel. Let me tell you about a church outside of Caracas, Venezuela. They are rescuing women who are kidnapped and forced into prostitution by the drug cartel. They're serious about this. In fact, one of the members was killed by the cartel. His corpse pulled behind a truck to make an example to other Christians to stay out of the way to the cartel. But I can tell you this church is focused on what they believe God has called them to. And they have led more than a hundred women, former prostitutes to faith in Christ. And these women are needing Bibles because they're non-existent in that part of Venezuela. Please, at $5 a Bible, make your most generous gift by calling 800-YES-WORD. 800-YES-WORD or give at sendbiblesnow.org. That's sendbiblesnow.org. This is Pause to Pray, a chance to stop down from the daily noise of life and pray for our country's leaders. Today we pray for Jerry Gidner. 
Director of the Bureau of Trust Funds Administration at the Department of the Interior. His office manages American Indian financial assets of trust beneficiaries. 1 Corinthians 4.2 reminds us of the quality of a good steward. Moreover, it is required of stewards that they be found trustworthy. Right now, with this in mind, let's pray together. Almighty God, we ask for guidance for Jerry Gidner in his stewardship role at the Department of the Interior. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Pause to Pray is a service of this station and the Presidential Prayer Team, a nonprofit, nonpartisan ministry dedicated to encouraging prayer for our nation's leaders. To learn more, go to pausetopray.org. Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Starnes. Stand by for news and commentary next. Are you looking for a university that provides a quality Christian education with excellent academic and athletic programs? Well, I want to invite you to visit Liberty University, where they offer multiple visiting opportunities to fit your schedule. Plan a visit to their Central Virginia campus and stay for an afternoon, a day, or an entire weekend. You can also take a virtual tour from the comfort of your own home. Plan your visit today by texting "Go Visit" to the number 49596. Again, that's "Go Visit" to the number 49596. Winsome Sears is the embodiment of the American dream. Her father came to this country from Jamaica with a buck 75 in his pocket. He worked long hours, got an education, brought his family to the land of the free. Winsome became a devout Christian, served in the Marine Corps. She took a job running a homeless shelter for the Salvation Army. She married and had children and later ran for public office. And now she is the first black woman to be elected lieutenant governor in the history of the Commonwealth of Virginia. Winsome said it had nothing to do with her skin color, but everything to do with what she stood for, a gun-toting, Bible-clinging, black Republican. A quintessential American story completely ignored by the mainstream media, not because of the color of her skin, but because of the flavor of her politics. More than a million people have downloaded my free podcast, and you should too, right now. Available at ToddStarns.com. Sandy Rios in the morning on American Family Radio. Good morning, America. I'm Jay Christian Adams. I'm in for Sandy Rios today. Thank you very much, Sandy, for having me. Hope you're having a wonderful morning. As the approach of winter starts to set in across much of the country. But there's some shiny warm news out of Virginia, and that's what we're talking about this morning. You can reach me at 1-888-589-8840. Going to take your calls in a moment. So the election in Virginia really changed things, didn't it? Or did it? And what I would suggest to everybody listening is you need to stay engaged because look at what happened in 2016. Huge victory and the swamp struck back. The swamp struck back. They're very good at conniving and resisting. Remember hashtag resist? They're very good at making the will of the people that manifested on Tuesday a short-lived dream. So I would suggest the job is not done. And one of the things that has been happening in Virginia and other states around the country over the last two years is the lawlessness of election officials. The Public Interest Legal Foundation had to sue the State Board of Elections last fall, the organization that I run, because the State Board of Elections, namely Chris Piper, Chris Piper 
issued instructions to counties to stop following the law regarding absentee ballots coming in late with no postmarks. The Virginia State Board of Elections instructed county officials to violate the law. And we had to sue them, and we won. We like to win. We often do. And we got the state to stop breaking the law. But the person who was behind that was one Chris Piper. going to say it again a couple more times to get used to it. The reason I'm doing that is because these are the people who need to go, don't they? Now, Glenn Youngkin will have the power to appoint the State Board of Elections. And the question is, are we going to get wet noodle appointees? Or are we going to get people who fought to help him win? That's the question. And the lesson learned from the Trump administration is you have to go big when it comes to state government employees. You have to go bold or they bite back. We learned that, didn't we? So let's see what happens there. Chris Piper needs to go, State Board of Elections Director. Some others, Scott Conopasic, Scott Conopasic, the Fairfax County Board of Elections Director, General Registrar, they call it, was issuing instructions to break the law, and that's right, break the law, and not follow the requirement that the law, when you request an absentee ballot by mail, you have to give the last four digits of your social security number. It's sort of like the voter ID for vote by mail. Well, Scott Conopasic issued instructions to ignore the law. Sound familiar? We've been seeing this all over the country. Now, the Fairfax County Board of Elections will decide his fate. It's not the governor. But if you start sending a signal by appointing good, solid fighters for the state board, maybe the county boards will follow. Those are the county parties in Virginia that essentially nominate those individuals. Scott Conopasic, Chris Piper, bye-bye. It's time to go. You broke the law. This is why elections matter. So we have Winsome Sears, who's ignored by the mainstream media. Can't say her name, can they? Say her name, Winsome Sears at MSNBC. But they don't like to talk about Winsome because she blows up all of their narrative. A Marine, a Jamaican immigrant, parents had no money, came to this country, live in the American dream, the next lieutenant governor of the Commonwealth of Virginia. Shirley, you're in Tennessee. What do you have to say about this? Okay, thank you so much for taking my call. I have a question here, and that's about Winsome's um, record, because my understanding is that she's been in um, serving in offices various times throughout her life. And I noticed that we, um, as a people, and I'm African-American asking, um, we're known to herald people before we know who they really are, which is how we got all these people in office with the exception of those that stole it by cheating left. Uh, at last election. So here's my thing with Winsome Sears. What I want to know is every time I hear a speech from her, it's black, this, black, that, black, that. But we should be Christians and in love with Christ first and coming together first to make the country a better country instead of worse, as these people stolen their way in office have done. So my question is about her um, record of voting she really is pristine, because I can't hear people until I see what they do. And also, lastly, about the vaccine that we'll talk about, which is not a vaccine, uh, I believe people are waking up to just 
not take it, and those who have gotten it don't take nothing else. We need to be very careful to watch natural news because they're telling you that a lot of the stuff people are taking is not going to prove to be good for them. Thank you okay, for Shirley. taking my call. Well, thank you very much for that call. And look, regarding Winston Sears' record, I don't have it in front of me, okay? I don't have it in front of me, but I do know this. She talks in a way that you don't hear very often. She talks about the love of country. She had a great line when she said um, how much she wants to give back for what this country has given for her. Now, I know that you might say, well, that doesn't tell you what her voting record is. Look, it's gotten to the point where we can decode things, can't we? I mean, we we know, look, a great starting point after how many years of Obama and the progressives is knowing that we have a president or knowing we have a leader that has genuine love of the United States of America and what it stands for, not hostility toward it. Okay, that's step one, right? At least give me that these days, where somebody manifests love of the United States. Now, I know that's not sufficient, right? But... I know that I saw a picture of Winston Sears shooting an AR-15. I know that she's a Marine, and I know that the things she says sound totally different than what we're seeing from the lunatics running this country. It's refreshing. I'm excited. And I'm looking forward to having her in Virginia politics for a long period of time. You're on with Jay Christian Adams. I'm subbing for Sandy Rios on American Family Radio. You can call us at 1-888-589-8840. Will Glenn Youngkin do what needs to be done and undo the progressive march? Or are we going to face resistance, personal attack, and the Chamber of Commerce crowd slowing down the results of Tuesday? Daria, you're in Virginia. What do you think about why Glenn Youngkin won? Yeah, I agree with you, Jay. Um it was not anything other than culture, but I think it's important, and I think you're kind of hitting on it, to not just call it culture. You know, there's the saying that um, truth, when it's true, it's um, hard but simple. <laughs> and if it ever gets complicated, there's a lie in there. So um, to know that it's true and the simple hard thing is that it's, it's not just the progressive. It's not just, you know, they're kind of eccentric. I think we have to call it what it is, and I believe all the, the progressive, Marxism, all that stuff is just really communism, because it's a worldview. It's a worldview of death and destruction, and people get drawn to it. You get drawn to either end, life or death. And so I am concerned that Glenn is going to approach this kind of like Trump did, like you said, like a business, you know, and, well, there's good people, we'll use all kinds of people to make it happen. And you kind of have to realize that they are, like you said, destructive, and it's out there. You don't put that kind of stuff in kids' um, libraries. You know, I won't even mention it's so terrible, elementary school libraries. You don't let kids rape and sodomize teenagers in bathrooms unless you are really dangerous, and we have to see it that way. And I really do believe that um, we need to have a stain on Glenn and stain on his team to make sure that he thinks that, you know, it's that serious, like you said. It's not just, you know, be nice and we'll work it out. We, we have some really people that think in a worldview that's dangerous. Well, thank you very much, Daria. I think you're exactly right. I think that uh, that that is, is is diabolical. And you know, you mentioned the books. I, you're right. You cannot say what these books said on the radio, what the pictures were. You cannot say it. I, I have uh, I am aware of what the books in the school library uh, were showing, and I literally can't even begin to describe it 
without offending everyone listening and conceivably jeopardizing the license of stations that are broadcasting the show. Yet, this was in a child's library in a public school. Now, when that starts to happen, this isn't just like a good faith mistake, is it? It's part of a project. It's part of a program. It was pornography. Okay, look, I can say that much, right? But this is not just sort of a different way of seeing things and we can all get along. This is existential warfare. This is spiritual warfare. And you raise another important point about people who come to government who don't have any experience in government. Look, I get it. I understand there's a value to have not a politician getting elected, like Donald Trump, like Glenn Youngkin. But I can tell you from someone who's worked in the government, when those people show up, the government employees know how to use the lingo and the language and the system and the process to slow those people down who have never been part of the game. It's one of the reasons originally I supported Ted Cruz. Because Ted Cruz has been in the government and he's hardcore as it gets. Now, I know some people don't like lying Ted. I, I remember all that, okay? But he knows how to maneuver through the government. Because the government has its own way of wrecking the best laid plans of conservatives. So let's hope that that doesn't happen in Virginia. Let's hope that that doesn't happen and we think we won and therefore everything is going to be good. But you can start with the State Board of Elections. Remember, the name is Chris Piper. Time to go because the State Board of Elections was issuing orders to break the law. That should be a disqualifying event. And not just for Chris Piper in Virginia, who runs the State Board of Elections in Virginia, but for all of the flunkies who came on board, many of which was Soros dollars. Yes, you heard that correctly, Right Wing Watch. The Open Society Foundations and other left-wing foundations were funding employees inside the Virginia State Board of Elections. They need to go. They need to go. Pete, you're on American Family Radio. I'm Jay Christian Adams, guest hosting for Sandy Rios. What do you have to say, Pete? Are you there, Pete? Pete in Georgia. Guess not. Katrina. Katrina, you're in South Carolina. What do you have to say this morning? Hi. Good morning. Buenos dias. My name is Carolina. Um, and it's a pleasure to speak with you. Thank you so much for taking my call. Um, and the reason I called is because I actually just recently moved from Virginia. I used to live in Chesterfield County. Um, and we, we, my family and I made the choice to move to South Carolina because of the extreme, extreme um, things that were happening in Virginia in the school system. I have two children that, was, that were in school, um, and I wanted, you know, to really give them a healthier, um, more balanced environment. Um, there, that's one. Um, we really detested that, and I, I applaud the election of Glenn um, Youngking. I'm so excited about the candidates that have been elected. I'm, I'm praying that there will be, there'll be positive change in Virginia um, to bless the people there. Um, <clears throat> and also, um, the new lieutenant governor, um, I can't always remember her name, but Winsome um, Sears. I Winsome Sears, I love it. Um, y soy Latina también. I meant to say, I'm one of the Latino callers. Um, Winsome Sears graduated from Regent University. I think that should tell us a lot about her background. Um, for those that didn't know, she did graduate from Regent University. 
Um, <clears throat> going back to the elections, um, I served as a deputy chief of elections. I served as an elections officer, and I saw so much fraud. In Chesterfield County, um, it was very tragic. Um, I tried to speak to whoever I could about it, um, those that were above me. Um, it seemed to go upon, um, on deaf ears. Um, and there were a lot of um, teachers, minority teachers, that would come serve as elections um, officials, and they were doing all kinds of stuff that was very illegal yeah. um, in our elections. And I, I really, I almost got it. I almost called the police one time on on, on one case, um, and then the other case um, kind of got into an argument um, with another teacher because they they were just absolutely trying to do things that were unethical, illegal against our elections. I'm an immigrant to this country. Soy Latina que vengo de Honduras. I was originally born in Honduras, but I'm an American citizen and I have been since I was eight. And I love this country. And I oh, owe everything I have to this country. And it, it, it broke my heart to see how they were trying to steal the freedom that we have known and the integrity that this nation, you know, tries to um, bring forth in its elections. And it, and it angered me. And I thought, well, no, thank it's you. not going to happen. Thank you for serving as a poll official, Katerina. And I will tell you that uh, that's what was different this year, is you guys went out and worked. You were grassroots observers. You were poll officials. The public was engaged in a way they haven't been, and it wasn't just those teachers running the polling place anymore. That's what changed. That's what I hope that the Yunkin campaign recognizes, is the people rose up to participate in the process. I'm Jay Christian Adams. You're in. Uh, you're listening to American Family Radio. I'm in for Sandy Rios. Up next, vaccine mandates. What do they mean, and what will it do? You know, we have vaccine mandates across the board in the federal government through the Biden administration, and we see the whole world transforming because of it, don't we? You can call in at one eight eight five eight nine eighty eight forty. I'm Jay Christian Adams. You can follow me on Twitter at Election Law CTR. It's kind of a funny name, isn't it? Election Law CTR means center. At Election Law CTR at Twitter. Dan Bongino, great friend of the show, great friend of Sandy's, friend of mine. He's living this with vaccine mandates. His company told him and fired many radio hosts that if you don't get vaccinated, you're out of work. We'll talk about that next on Sandy Rios in the Morning on American Family Radio. When you look in the mirror, what do you see looking back at you? You see you, right? Why did God make me in his image? An article by Laura Perry. Like the image in the mirror, God created us to be like Him, in the sense that we would reflect Him. That way, others can get a glimpse of who He is. To read this article and more, sign up to receive a complimentary copy of the Engage Biannual Magazine at EngageMagazine.net. Hi, this is Dan Celia from Financial Issues. We as God's people need to be good stewards of all that He has given us. That is so important, and that's what drives me each day as I break down the latest financial numbers and talk to listeners across the country about their use of the money that God has entrusted to them. Join me each morning from 8 to 10 Central and Saturday mornings at 10 o'clock Central Time for financial issues right here on American Family Radio.
For you formed my inward part. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. According to a recent study published by the Christian Post, 76.3% of all abortions are obtained by, quote, God-fearing women, unquote, with 68.7% who identified themselves as Christian women and 18% of all abortions obtained by self-described born-again or evangelical women. A corresponding CareNet study found that many women with unplanned pregnancies go silently from the church pew to the abortion clinic, convinced the church would gossip rather than help. America's greatest need is repentance. When the hearts of the American people turn to God, everything else will be impacted. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. In churches, and a lot of churches today, the issue of identity is sort of like the big elephant in the room. It's in the news, but it's not in the church. So if it's in society, it needs to be something the churches are addressing. In His Image, delighting in God's plan for gender and sexuality, is now available for church screenings and events. Every person in America needs to see this. And all pastors need to show this to the church, get the people informed. If the church and Jesus isn't the answer, where's the world going? We want the message of the film to touch as many hearts and lives as possible. And we'd love to join with you to bring the film to your community. So let's say you have a small group or your church, or we've even been bringing the film into some prisons. We want to partner with you. So what we'll do is we'll send you a special kit and it's completely free and it'll just have some extra resources to help you promote your event. To find out more about how to host an event, go to inhisimage.movie and click on the host an event tab. That's inhisimage.movie. This is Frank Effney with the Secure Freedom Minute. A generation ago, the United States faced an implacable communist foe, determined to defeat us and dominate the world. Incredibly, the Soviet Union was effectively propped up by funding from the West. President Ronald Reagan drew on the skills of financial warfare expert Roger Robinson to develop and execute a strategy for cutting off the USSR's cash flow. Once the evil empire was bankrupted, it collapsed almost immediately. Mr. Robinson warns that today's communist threat from China is being underwritten on a vastly larger scale by us. On Maria Bartiromas Fox Business Program Wednesday, he revealed that well over 5,000 unvetted Chinese companies get funds from our capital markets, even though everyone is obliged to render support to the regime in Beijing and the danger it poses to us. We literally can't afford to enable our mortal enemy, the Chinese Communist Party. This is Frank Gaffney. Don't forget to connect with Sandy Rios in the morning on Facebook or email Sandy at Sandy at AFR.net. That's Sandy at AFR.net. Sandy Rios in the morning on American Family Radio. Good morning, everybody. I'm Jay Christian Adams. I am subbing for Sandy Rios in the morning. Great to be here. I'm glad you're listening. I appreciate it very much. Great calls. You can call in at 1-88-589-8840. And the vaccine, the vaccine is in the news. In part because our friend Dan Bongino, talk show host, good guy, former Secret Service agent, all-around patriot, is taking a stand against the vaccine mandate at his company that does his broadcast distribution, Cumulus. Same company that does Mark Levin, some other famous names, 
Ben Shapiro. And he says, look, people shouldn't have to take the vaccine or lose their jobs. Well, guess what? That has happened to Cumulus. Dan still has a job. Washington Post reports he got the vaccine because of a medical condition. But other hosts have not. Jeff Crank at KVON in Colorado lost his job accumulus because he didn't get the vaccine. Now, you know, when you do a radio show, it's not like you're uh, serving food, is it? It's not like you're an eye doctor leaning in someone's face or a dentist, is it? You're sitting behind a microphone. So it really begs the question, why would a talk show host need to get a vaccine? But that's the order from Cumulus Radio, and that's the one Dan Bongino is protesting. And Dan has said, it's either me or the mandate. That's the position he's taken with Cumulus. And they're apparently trying to work this out. But this is part of a bigger issue, isn't it? I also, as I mentioned earlier at the top of the show, President Trump appointed me to be on the U.S. Commission on Civil Rights. Now, that's a part-time thing. I'm the president of the Public Interest Legal Foundation, the nonprofit firm that does election integrity lawsuits. But in the sideshow, I am on the U.S. Commission on Civil Rights. I will be probably the last Trump appointee in the federal government in 2025. But as a federal commissioner on the U.S. Commission on Civil Rights, I have a vaccine mandate. All federal employees have a vaccine mandate, including my special assistant, who shall go nameless, we have to get a vaccine or we're goner. Out of here. Go to the exit, please. Do not pass go. So now I had already been vaccinated, okay, back in April. Because I had to go on some international travel I was not going to miss. But. A lot of people in the federal government haven't been vaccinated. And we got the edict as a U.S. Commissioner on Civil Rights that either you get vaccinated or you're going to potentially lose your job. All federal employees, all federal contractors, all employers over a certain size. Now, I have a challenge. Where in the Constitution does it say that the federal government has the power to enforce contagious disease law. Now, I will tell you that state governments do have this power. State governments were given the power of the king, and as I've said many times, you learn in law school, first-year property class, that if your orchard has a blight, the king can order it chopped down and burned. That is an ancient power of the king that transferred to the states via the Tenth Amendment. The states became the reservoir of those sorts of powers that the king had. The king had the power to order you to get vaccinated. The king had the power to chop down your orchard. The king had the power to order you to stay indoors and paint a big yellow Q on your door. But the federal government never got those powers. The federal government never got the powers of the king to fight contagious disease. So my question is, what part of the Constitution does the Biden administration think gives it the power to force employees to get something injected into their body? And if, in fact, the federal government has that power, 
Where does it stop? Does it extend to Soylent Green, where they can say, you're too old, it's time to watch the movie with the deers and take the green pill? Where does it stop? And that's the question we have that is rocketing through our entire culture. And Dan Bongino is just one example. And Dan Bongino is taking a stand. He's saying, me or the mandate, Cumulus, which one is more important to you? And I think we're probably going to find out. I'm Jay Christian Adams. I'm in for Sandy Rios. Taking your calls at one 888 Let's go to Laura in Oklahoma. Good morning, Laura. What's your story? Well, I work on a military base in Oklahoma, a very large military base. And the soldiers are, you know, under the Biden leadership. And the problem is that there is nothing that warrants any person the right to demand anybody put something into their body that they absolutely object to. I've already had COVID. I survived it with no issues. I'm very well aware of the risk with the vaccine, which I don't believe is a vaccine. It doesn't prevent COVID. The problem is with denying early treatment. The problem is misinformation. The problem is fear and propaganda. And I think it's completely and utterly insane for people to cave to this. And I don't understand why more people aren't speaking up. And I applaud Dan Bongino for taking this position. And Laura, you were in a situation where the vaccine could actually do damage because you've had COVID. And, and, you know, there's some famous cases out there, litigation, where people who had COVID and have really high antibody levels were successful in getting an accommodation at the universities they worked for, which was George Mason University. When you've had COVID and your antibodies are cranked up, the vaccine could actually do a lot of harm. So in those instances, uh, should there be a federal exception? Obviously, there shouldn't be a federal mandate. But there's lots of different situations here. And people like you, Laura, who have had COVID uh, are in a particular risk category uh, for the vaccine and, and face some significant dangers if they take it. Now, does the federal government have the power to do this? Does the federal government have the power to say via OSHA, the Occupational Safety and Health Administration, that if you have unvaccinated employees, it's a dangerous working condition? That's what they're doing. That's what they're doing. And therefore, all these large companies are requiring vaccines. Uh, Christy, you're in Illinois. You're on American Family Radio. Uh, I'm Christian Adams in for Sandy Rios. What do you have to say this morning, Christy? Uh, Thank you for taking my call. Um, I'm pretty upset about um, everything that's been going on. Um, I work for the state of Illinois, and they're trying to mandate us to take these vaccines. I had COVID back in December of 2020. My children um, and some of my family have had it. So this is really scary me because my job is at stake. Because they said if we don't get it by a certain deadline, they'll start suspending us, and then eventually they'll try to discharge us. And, um, you know, I've worked all my life very hard at what I have. And it's scary that they're going to try to take that away from us. And these people are just allowing 
this government administration that we have in Illinois. And the Prixer, our governor, has went over and beyond an overreaching government. And he has gotten his Democrats up there to amend a Health Care Righteous of Consciences Act bill. And they passed it just the other day, which this means that they're trying to say, regardless if you had COVID or not, we, if we say as of an institution, an entity of any sort, um, they have the right to mandate us to get the vaccine, regardless of what your doctor is saying. We have no conscience now of telling them, no, we don't want it. So they went over and beyond and changed it so it could help them get what they want. And that is so ridiculous. And it's happening all over the United States, and it's right. sad that we what? just want to live our lives and work. And why are you torturing us? Right. Well, Christy, I'm sorry to hear that. I mean, I, I will tell you, Illinois, that that is, uh, uh, you know, that state has got real issues on a lot of fronts. But what you've described is just yet another problem in Illinois that is significant. And, I, you know, I, I feel bad. And I know there's lots of groups out there that are forming and already have brought lawsuits and litigation in cases just like yours. And perhaps you should look into them. I think the new Civil Liberties Alliance is one and there's going to be more. Um, but I will let's reframe this for a second. Let's reframe this in a in a thirty thousand foot level. That terrible story you just heard from Christy in Illinois. Whatever happened to the party of my body, my choice? Right? The keep your hands off my body, or uh, my body, my choice. Whatever happened to the party that marches with their purple signs, that talks about the right of people not to have uh, intrusion? that they can control their own bodies, right? You know the crowd. I don't need to get into who they are because everyone listening knows. What happened? Where are they? Silent, of course, because they're hypocrites. Where is the party, and I mean political party, namely Democrats, who always is going to bat for these people? The no, keep your hands off my body crowd. They're nowhere to be seen because they're part of the problem. In fact, they are the problem. This boils down to it, folks, of the great battle between liberty and freedom that has animated this country since the 1760s and the intolerable acts. It's the same fight between individual rights and government control. The battle doesn't stop you are experiencing in a different way the same malignancy that infected the colonists that eventually rose up and overthrew the most powerful government in the world. I like to tell people, you're no different than everyone else from history. You're experiencing the same tests, the same challenges, the same choices, the same questions. You are living a life that all the generations who came before you and fought for liberty also lived. And so you have to make your choices. You have to struggle through the fog of the future and what it holds to steer this country in the direction that it needs to go for the cause of freedom. You're no different than those people who lived in Boston in 1775 that had enough. 
You're no different than all those people who struggled and wondered and said, could this really be happening? That lived all throughout the world through all the centuries, and now you are living it. This is your history. And the vaccine mandates are bringing it home. That the enemies of freedom change costumes from generation to generation. They look different. They adapt. They evolve. They're like a virus. They don't go away. And we have to, every couple of decades, every couple of years, once again, rise up, man the barricades, throw the tea into the water, and storm the beaches. And you're living it now. You're living it with an oppressive government in Illinois. You're living it with an oppressive government in Washington, D.C. And you have to decide. Do you pray? Do you write letters? Do you call congressmen? Do you get involved? Yes. It's up to you because this country's precious. The flame of liberty is worth fighting for. But fight smart. Don't fight stupid. I'm Jay Christian Adams. Thank you very much for listening this hour. Subbing for Sandy Rios. Sandy, thank you. You can follow me at Election Law CTR on Twitter, at Election Law CTR. The president of the Public Interest Legal Foundation. Sign up for our newsletter, Election Integrity. Thank you all very much, and you have a great day. You're listening to American Family Radio. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.